The choices we make, the actions we take, moments, both big and small, shape us into forces of destiny. Welcome to episode 76 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nowatsky, the adult. I'm Liam and I'm it. I'm Anna and I'm 11. 11. Yay. I turned 11. Oh, and that was a... What was that popping noise? Was that a, uh... Anna's been making balloon animals and one just popped off in the distance. So, yeah, sorry about that. It was a cute little mouse, I think. Oh, that's Oh, sad mouse. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about Forces of Destiny for the most part. Uh, but first, let's go to the Star Warsy stuff that we've been up to. Anna, what did we do on your birthday, which was July 9th? Um... We drove back from Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We and were... we went to a frozen yogurt place. Yeah, what did we do in between Omaha and St. Paul? We met our listeners, Amy, Emily, and uh, M- Micah. Micah, yeah. In person. Yeah, in person. We got to meet our listeners and patrons and uh, in, on, the way, on the way back in uh, Des Moines, so super happy to meet them. I almost broke out the microphone. We met in a, in a, in a noodles restaurant, um, but I thought it might be too loud in the restaurant and kind of awkward to have a microphone and <laughs> yes. stuff, and that wasn't part of the deal, but, uh, uh, but rest assured, we talked about Star Wars, oh, and, yeah, uh, we did. and it was awesome, and it was super fun to meet uh, listeners, and, and I hope that's not the last time that we meet them. And I hope it's not the last time that we meet, you know, a listener. You know? mm-hmm. Cool to meet other listeners, you know. Uh, We've never met a listener. We're hope, yeah, right? Well, well, not a listener. We didn't already know. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, you know, hopefully we can meet listeners at the next hour celebration, which we've been talking about, and and sort of over the over the last week, sort Thinking of maybe we'll go to we, it. We sort of committed to going almost. We we think uh, yeah. next summer we might take a summer off of doing a vacation and kind of save up and, and then but we do, don't know where it is but we don't know where if it is yet go, so. if it's anaheim we're most likely going and or orlando yeah. or orlando yeah uh, so or orlando I, that's hard it's to going say. to be somewhere in the united states if it's not anaheim or orlando it's going to be somewhere closer because those two places are about as far away from us in minnesota as you could get in the united states so mm-hmm. uh so yeah I, I think we're gonna go i think we're gonna do it finally 2019 is the year so but uh but anyway, I just wanted to thank again uh, Amy, Emily, and Micah, and thank them for Anna. They gave you a gift, and the, Liam, they gave uh-huh. you a, a, a belated birthday gift, and it was super kind and really yeah. not necessary, but just really, really nice, and and uh, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Really, really cool of you, and super cool to meet uh, meet all of you, and. Uh, yeah, just a, a joyful meeting, so just really happy. And actually, Amy posted a photo of all of us on her Twitter, uh, Amy Wishman, and uh, I retweeted that. So uh, if you want to see our, you know, little meetup, uh, go on Twitter and check that out. Super fun. Really lucky to be able to meet them. Uh, speaking of listeners, uh, Nick sent in some fan fiction for our own little certain point of view project. Um, you know, we have quite a bit to talk about today. And I still, because I'm just, I'm a horrible person, I have not actually read this out loud to you kids yet, and I don't think you've read it yet either, um, because we've been really busy with traveling and all that stuff, but we will read it, and the next time we record, I think we're going to read an excerpt from it and then post it on the website. But I want I want to be able to talk about it with you kids, and and you haven't read it yet. So I think we're going to hold off and and really give it the the, the reaction that it deserves you know, we could almost do a whole reaction core episode for this one short story that Nick wrote. <laughs> um, I don't think we will, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I just want to, I want to give it, you know, the, the attention it deserves. So I think we're going to hold off and, and next week or the next time we record because our summer's so, so busy, uh, we'll talk about it then. Also, we're recording this episode in like at least two parts because, uh, as it is now, it's 10.32, and at 11 o'clock, you kids have piano lessons, and so we need to keep track of the time, and we'll be kind of cutting out and then cutting back in, 
hopefully it'll be seamless on your end, dear listener, but uh, for us, uh, it might be feel a little bit disjointed, but that's okay. Yeah, so non-Star Wars-y thing, Liam, you recorded a video for the uh, Ham for All Challenge. Yeah. A Hamilton, uh, uh-huh. you sang uh, part of a Hamilton song, and uh, and do you want to tell us a little bit about that? What, why you did it and stuff? Um, it's for a good cause. Mm-hmm. It's for immigrants. We get the do- Job Done Coalition, which helps refugees and immigrants. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, also, if you sing a Ham for All video at Prizio, you can um, you can challenge somebody to do it, and you can win two free tickets yeah. to. Uh, Ham for all, so you to could Hamilton. go to yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. You could go with someone to Hamilton. Yeah. And. And you get to meet Lin Manuel Miranda. Miranda. <laughs> Miranda. Does all of the music for Hamilton. Right. And we're obsessed with the music. So, I really hope I win those two yeah. tickets because yeah. I'm gonna oh, do it too. Yeah, you do. Okay. Well, anyway, so Anna, you haven't done a video yet, but I'm you're gonna. going to. Uh, this video is on our YouTube channel, which is Children of the Force YouTube channel. I also put it on Twitter, uh, so you can check that out. You can check out Liam singing, or, or rapping, I guess, the Hercules Mulligan uh, part of uh, of the Battle of Yorktown, the song from Hamilton. Keep in mind, he uh, does not swear. <laughs> yeah, without the swear words, with other words creatively substituted for swear words. Anyway, um, so that was fun, and... Uh, yeah, that's something else we did, not Star Warsy. Um, but today we're going to talk all about forces of destiny, in addition to a few other things, but mostly forces of destiny. So all eight episodes that are going to be released in July have been released, and uh, and these episodes are going to. So how yeah. many are those? Like how many have we not watched? Oh, I think uh, you kids have not seen three, but we're going to watch all of them now. Um, so. Yeah, so the episodes are going to be aired on the Disney Channel, which is kind of cool because, like, Rebels was aired on Disney XD, which a lot less people have. Like, not as many people have that channel. So the Disney Channel is a pretty common channel for people who have cable to have. Um, and I hope that this means maybe that since now Star Wars, like, is on the Disney Channel a little more regularly, you know, with these Forces of Destiny things, maybe that means, like, the next animated show will be on the Disney Channel instead of Disney XD, and that means more people will watch it, and uh, it'll be easier for more people to watch instead of harder on Disney XD, but we'll see, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that's what that means. But, uh, so we're going to do this a little bit different. What we're going to do is we're going to watch the episodes since they're so short. We'll just watch them and then talk about them. I think I'll edit out the actual episode, you know. Um, We're not going to play the whole episode on the podcast or anything, but (laughs) I'll just, uh, yeah, we'll just watch them, watch each episode and just kind of talk about, do a little review for each episode and and what we, what we think about them. So, um, let's cue that up. So there we go. Sands of Jakku the first episode we just watched that and that's uh with ray and bb8 and the night watcher worm right mm-hmm. uh yeah so it kind of seems like you know when ray's sort of pausing and and then she throws her staff and it ends up hitting that exact spot right where the she night watcher the force, worm. yeah some early force usage right like, yeah. she must use the force without realizing it, right, before before I, she realizes it. She saw it, like, right there, and then she knew it was, like, way over here. Yeah. Like, she saw it a little bit in the sand, and she just knew exactly where it was going to go. Right. And it went, and she knew exactly where it was, even though it wasn't making any... Exactly. And this makes me wonder, like, you know, like, people are always... People always take issue with the fact that she was able to do a mind trick without any training... What if she's strong with the force? Well, obviously she is. What if, like, she realized once she realized that she had the force? What if she started remembering things that she had just done on Jakku, where she had told someone to do something and she didn't think there was any way they'd do it, but they what they did? What if she was unintentionally doing mind tricks on Jakku? On Jakku, and then once she realized she had the force after, right, like on Tagadana and stuff, and uh-huh. she realizes that she has the force. What if? She's like, oh, that's what I was doing. That's why those people listened to me. So maybe she already knew how to do a mind trick without even knowing it, right? (laughs) That could be, right? So she knew how to, you know, how to use the force. She was using the force without knowing it. But when she realized she had the force, then she's like, oh, that's what using the force is. I know what that is, right? 
I mean, that happens, right? Like Anakin was a really good racer and he was using mm-hmm. the force. He didn't realize he was using the force. But he was. Probably until, until Qui-Gon told him, you know, mm-hmm. hey, by the way, you're using the force. Um, That's cheating. <laughs> so, and we also see some of Ray's compassionate, you know, compassion. She's mm-hmm. really compassionate. She gives the the worm that scrap when she realizes it's not that a the very worm... worm. It's not really a worm. Oh. It's more like a monster. Yeah. Well, I mean, so so it's funny because there's like big worms in in fiction, uh, like the the book series Dune has these huge worms that Rebels. like go underneath the planet. Rebels, right? Has the um, the oh, Jupa? Yeah. Is it Jupa? And uh, there's also there's a movie called Tremors, which this this kind of worm reminded me of. Uh, so in Tremors, it takes place in the desert and there's these huge worms that eat people and they can feel the vibration when you're walking on the sand, right? Mm-hmm. So in this next episode, we see like, uh, we see Ray get on top of like a rock and it really reminded me of Tremors because if you get on a rock, then the the worm can't feel the vibration as much, right? Well, uh, inside of the crashed Star Destroyer. I think it was a rock or just a piece of big, big piece of metal or something like that. But she got up on it, so I think that the worm wouldn't feel her, but the worm would feel Tito. Anyway, we'll talk about that uh, after oh, we watch that episode. episode. That's the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, kind of like getting up on the ad at in this mm-hmm. episode made me think of that. Yeah. Really made me think of Tremors, uh, which is not a kids movie, but also kind of silly for a horror movie. It's not really horror, <laughs> but it's kind of freaky. It's like Jaws, but for the desert. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I but I do love seeing Ray being really nice to this this Night Watcher worm, even though mm-hmm. the worm was just trying to eat BB-8. She realizes that the worm's just doing what they do, right? Right. Um, it's the kind of thing that I really appreciate Star Wars now, as opposed to the way Star Wars was. I think that that Star Wars is changing in a little bit because, like they used to kind of automatically assume that the monster is bad because they're a monster. And I really have a problem with that in stories. I really like, you know, um, I mean, I get, I get that we need monsters in stories. We need these threats, uh, these natural threats sort of that maybe aren't personal. It's not a personal threat, right? Like, like in Jurassic Park. With the dinosaurs? With the dinosaurs. He just wanted his baby. Right. We just watched The Lost World last week when we were in Colorado, didn't we? And and The Lost World really does a great job of Mm -hmm. of making you feel for the Tyrannosaurus Rex, right? He just wants his baby. Right. Yeah. Yes, Liam? Well, the thing is, it's like in Star Wars, you see bad guys Mm -hmm. and... They have like monsters with them, mm-hmm. and then you see good guys, and it's all like it's all like humans, just humans. See, like the Clone Wars, it's <laughs> all just humans. The the good people are human. Well, I mean, you got like Ahsoka and, and alien Jedi's. I guess. Um, alien Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and <laughs> what did you say? I said like, alien Jedi. But like, okay, the bad guys oh, in the the bad guys in the arena. <gasps> uh huh. They're all aliens. Oh, the Nexu and the Reek and the Icon. They're all aliens. Right. Yes. So They're that's all monsters. Right. So, so this is the whole idea that monsters Why are. Why can't good guy monsters be good guys? Um, Why do they always have to be? Sure. Bad guys? I suppose we see some some sort of benign uh, monster, not monsters, but creatures like like the shocks on uh, on Tatooine. You know that Anakin rides. They're just kind of like lumbering peaceful creatures and um you know but but you're right but most uh, of them are monsters. right sure and and of course you know um those the reek like i want to know i want to see where the reek came from like was the reek torn from his family uh when he was just a baby and when reek exist in nature like on whatever planet they're from i'm do they form social groups you know and and you know this is like the same thing with the t-rex right Maybe like you can make that up if you choose that for your sto- short story <laughs> sure sure so but i get that in stories you know you need this sort of like threat from monsters right i get that um but i cringe and have always cringed uh when monsters were killed in a sort of like celebratory way, you know. Same. I um, always cringe at so that. I'm like, why like, is oh. that happy? Yeah. Like, yay, the monster's dead and our hero's safe, you know. But it's like, let's mourn the monster. Like, here, I like know? what Anakin did when he got on the back of when he got on the back of, of the, the reek. Yeah. 
Mm. Instead of killing them. Oh. He didn't kill him. Sure. Sure. Used them. But so didn't kill him. It's better, it's better than killing. Than killing. Yeah, 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 sure. Actually, it's more so, <laughs> Well, it depends on how you use them. If they die, you can't feel anything. <laughs> it depends on how you, they're like, used. Whip them with mm, right. sticks yeah, to get them going. That's, that's mm. whipping them like, go faster, faster, oh, faster. Oh, wow, yeah. Then that would, mm. that would be horrible. But. Maybe, yeah. But I just feel like like that it minimizes life when when like we as an audience are meant to celebrate when a creature is killed, you know, like yeah. when Luke kills Patissa, the Rancor, right? That's the, remember that's the Rancor's that's name, sad. Patissa. When Luke kills him, you know, I get it. Patissa killed a bunch of people, but that's not his fault. He was trained to do it. You know, Jabba made him do too. it, and yes, probably hungry. They probably made him hungry. They probably starved poor Patissa, so that whenever. You know, I could see, what if we could hear Patissa's internal monologue, right? Like, I just want, you know, a salad. I just want a salad. And you keep feeding me Gamorrean guards and slaves, you know? Like, I don't want to eat these people, but I'm so hungry. Ah! And then he's roaring because he's so hungry. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I feel bad for poor Patissa. Poor Patissa. Anyway, so I really liked seeing Ray <laughs> just give Batista a salad. Would you please just give the Rancor a salad? He just wants a salad. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have a feeling that's gonna be one of the <sighs> later on jokes that Maybe. we're gonna remember all Maybe. the time. Maybe. Um, so, so yes. Uh, but we got to see, we got to know the Nightwatcher Worm in this episode, right? Uh, so the, the, the Force Awakens Visual Dictionary referred to these creatures as little documented nocturnal sand borers. So nocturnal means that they operate at night, right? Mm-hmm. But we but this is during the day, so we know that they're not only nocturnal, since, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe this sand crawler, sand borer, this night watcher worm, uh, was just really hungry. And so had to hunt during the day, too, maybe. maybe. Who knows? Um but we did know, we we should have known, and personally I forgot, but I did at one point know that the Night, Night Watcher worms were really big, were huge, because in Ray's scavenger guide, which Anna, you and I have both read, no, Ray, I've read it too. did you read Ray's scavenger guide? Ray writes, they're massive worms, 20 meters long when fully grown, with some specimens five or six times that size. So she wrote about the Night Watcher worms in, in that book hmm. yeah so we forgot we How forgot dare we? i know all right so we're gonna go watch bb8 bandits and then come back and discuss that love this one okay so we watched uh that that one that bb8 bandits but then we also had piano lessons and ate lunch and now we're back and we're going to talk about bb8 bandits uh while we were eating lunch uh we also watched the rest of the shorts so now we can just kind of talk about all of them uh and hopefully we'll just remember them so bb8 bandits uh you know we see tito right and Mm -hmm. or a tito because tito is the name of one tito and all the titos (laughs) they're all tito uh and two scavengers who aren't Tito, right? And they're not Tito's, right? They're uh-huh. large, human-sized, right? Uh, they look a lot like Unkar's thugs. And yes, I actually got the, uh, the... Yeah, you think so too, Anna? Yep. Yeah. I got the Star Wars Visual... Uh, the Force Awakens Visual Dictionary out and compared the images of those two to Unkar's thugs, and they are, basically. Which is really weird, because it seems like they're working for Tito, like, Tito, like, orders them to go after Ray. Seems kind of strange, but whatever. We'll go with it. Um, but yeah, so Ray's, you know... Uncar Plot and Tito are best friends. Maybe they work together? I don't know, maybe. But I think Tito also is scav- a scavenger, you know, and wouldn't be working with Uncar in that way. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, so we see this, you know, thrilling chase, nice speeder bike chase. Classic Star Wars. And, uh, you know, she goes, Ray goes, goes into the Star Destroyer, not with the Falcon, but with a speeder, with her speeder, and, uh, lures Tito after, you know, taking care of the two thugs, uh, 
And again, remember we had this discussion about thugs uh, mm-hmm, a few episodes that. ago about the word and, and how it's kind of a loaded word. Um, and actually we're going to talk about that again later in this episode if we can get to it in time. But, uh, but yeah, so she goes there and the night watcher worm, you know, eats Unkar's, uh, not Unkar's, eats Tito's, uh, speeder bike and mm-hmm. saves the day. And she thanks the night watcher worm. What'd she say? She said, thank you. Enjoy your dinner. <laughs> yeah, right. So that was a big meal. Uh, a full meal, not just a little snack like Ray gave the Night Watcher Worm. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the day before, maybe? So, like, that last episode was right after she meets BB-8 and saves BB-8 from Tito in the movie. And then this would be, like, the next day on their way to Nima yeah. Outpost, right? So, like, the last Tito ever saw of Ray was, you know, on his on his butt looking at her with a bunch of night watcher slime all over him and are you sure about well that? we don't know i mean she goes back to jakku i don't know does she go back i don't know are we gonna see jakku again in, in the movies i don't know i hope so be kind of cool uh yeah so it was a good one it was a good one it was kind of like part two you know uh, those so far at least are the only episodes that are obviously like one and then the other like a nice little two episode arc I wonder, so, you know, we're getting more of these in October, I think. Um, I wonder if it's going to turn out that a lot of these are part one of two. Like Leia with the Ewoks, which is the next one we're going to talk about. Um, so the Ewok escape, right? So we see Leia with Wicket. that one. Yeah, it's pretty cute. <laughs> it's um, adorable. So that could be part one because we know that there's another one that takes place on Endor. We heard about this from Entertainment Weekly back when they first kind of wrote about this. And it's going to involve Hera on Endor in an adventure with Leia and Han. Oh, right. So it could be, right, that this is kind of part one, and then we'll get sort of like that second part later on. I hope so. But then we already got Ray's two parts. I hope Han has the same sort of haircut Anakin has. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) They give him lush lips also, like they gave Anakin. (laughs) Yeah, they... Yeah, big, full... Lips. I love it. As <laughs> we talked with uh, uh, Amy when we met her and her family uh, over the, the weekend, she, she, they were all they're talking about Anakin's hair, and uh, Amy appreciated, as I do, uh, sort of uh, just laughing over how outraged so many fanboys are about how like pretty they made Anakin uh, in the next one that we're going to talk about, which is Padawan Path. Uh, but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's a there's a mug, by the way, uh, like a coffee mug, and on it it just says "fanboy tears," so that when you drink it, you can pretend that you're drinking the tears of fanboys. <laughs> because fanboys get worked up. Uh, certain certain kinds of fanboys get worked up about things that uh, they probably shouldn't get worked up about. Like what? They need to take a long, hard look at themselves, maybe. I don't like uh, that. They're not just fan. Boys do fan girls do. Yeah, no, no. I, well, sure, but this is like specifically a fanboy thing. Uh, it really is, uh, for the most part. I mean, what almost, mean, almost all. Um, particular fan. So this is specifically things that that a lot of fans who are men and young men and not really boys, but since they say fan girl, then they say fanboy. Or since they say fanboy, they say fan girl. I think fanboy came first. Fan girl came. Second, I think fanboy as a term was probably termed first. I'm not sure. I'm assuming um, it's the way our culture works. Usually it's the, the male f- word, or the word referring to the male is, is coined first. And then it, you know, then they say, oh, what are we going to call the female version of that? Since everything needs to be one or the other, apparently, in our society, which we need to resist, right? Mm-hmm. You got to resist that. Uh, Can it just be fan people? <clears throat> fan peeps. There you go. Fan peeps. <laughs> fan peeps tears. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we find out how Leia got that beautiful dress that she wears on Endor. And we know we find out now that the Ewoks made it for her. Maybe as like a thank you gift for saving them from the Stormtroopers, which or she maybe. does in this. Uh, maybe what, Liam? What or else maybe they know? just had it in storage in one of their little hut things. So maybe. they decided to give it to her. Sure, maybe they... Because she wasn't dressed like... Oh, would they have, like, a human-sized clothes just laying around? I'm not sure. 
Maybe they would. Because, I mean... Maybe they had other humans living with them previously. And mm-hmm. So maybe that's, like, the outfit of a human that they ended up eating. And then they just... You? <laughs> I don't know. Well, they eat people. We know that. They were going to cook Han. You know, it's sad, though. <laughs> Those little cute Ewoks. <laughs> hey, Ewoks got to eat, you know? Uh, I, I'm not going to judge them. I thought I thought they were herbivores. Hmm. My, my, my assumption like is herbivores. that they're omnivores. Uh... But, uh, but I digress. Uh, How do they eat humans? Well, they're cute and adorable. Like, like cats are cute and adorable and they, they kill all sorts of animals. This reminds me of the princeless book. The princeless book? There's this pink rabbit and she just walks out and she's like, has stars all over her. Yeah. And she's staring. Really cute, yeah. Like, she was cute. Uh Uh-huh. And they're just uh, so it's like a cute little just, adorable yeah, yeah, and and then um, uh, the main they're pink. I already nope. said that. Uh-huh. Um, and um, the main character, I forget mm-hmm. the name. Um, yep. her name is. I it's fine. Yeah, and um, then the bunny just staring like that, and all of a sudden, like next panel, and and um, their mouth is just wide open, full of super big jaws and oh, teeth. Oh, funny, funny. Yeah, so so that's kind of what the Ewoks are like. They're cute. Furry murder machines, no, uh, so, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they're bad or anything, right? Like that's the thing. Like we know that, you know, like I said, like some like Ewoks got to eat, right? So anyway, um, yeah. So they made the dress pretty fast, I think. Um, possibly, maybe culturally, they were offended by what Leia was wearing. That happens in some cultures where, you know, when you go somewhere, you kind of end up dressing more like the way the people there dressed so that you don't stand out as much and also so that they're more comfortable with you. So maybe uh, it wasn't a thank you gift. Maybe it was more of a uh, uh, sort of a welcome to their culture and, uh, you know, please dress a little bit more like us, uh, which which happens. So probably just a thank you, though. Uh, but I love how we can place this specifically in Return of the Jedi. Like, we know where this takes place. We know when this takes place, right? Kind of the same thing with, with Rays, right? Like, so far, these are things from the movies. We know exactly when they took place. Or not from the movies. Almost, You could almost see them as, like, deleted scenes. But they're canon, which is really cool. So the next one is Padawan Path. And uh, so StarWars.com has this really cool um, kind of series that they're doing with these. When, when each episode came out, uh, there was a, like, five things you need to know, or five interesting things about this episode, right? So, um, so in, on StarWars.com, they say, Clone Wars fans already know where her future lies, but it's still sweet to see the wizened elder marking her, Yoda, marking her, Ahsoka's, continued growth with an extension to her Silka beads, a pseudo-Padawan braid for hairless heroes and heroines. So, that's what it was. The ceremony was was marking her continued growth. So just kind of saying, like, you are more of a Jedi now, right? Like, you're even closer to being a Jedi Knight. So you maybe she passed a, a trial or something like that, right? So she got an extension on her beads. We know that that's not her becoming a Jedi because she doesn't. Right. A Jedi Knight. Or does she? Which, again, we'll talk about later. A lot of tweet. A lot of tweets to talk about here. Uh, but we'll talk about that later in our, in our, in our news yeah, so so Ryan Shore is the person who did the music for these episodes, and a lot of the music that he did, you know, is is sort of just taking the themes and sort of weaving them in and out of the of the story, right? So I don't think there's a lot of new themes here, um, but but I think he did a really great job of of kind of like you know putting those themes in just the right places, and uh, and we get Ahsoka's theme at the end, which is always kind of bittersweet to hear. I love the theme, but it always just reminds me of like her leaving the Jedi temple and reminds me of, of her, you know, death. And, um, honestly, I guess I have, well, possible death again. We'll get to this later in the episode, (laughs) her fight with Vader. Anyway, um, Honestly, the theme that I have running through my head because it's the last episode we watched, Anna, is Sabine's theme. So I can't even, I can't pull themes out of the air. I can't do it. All I know is that I love Ahsoka's theme. 
But uh, I have horrible musical recall when it comes to uh, music scores for movies. All right. <clears throat> so I liked this this episode, The Padawan Path. Anna, it you said was, you really liked it, right? Yeah, yeah, it was really good. But then I watched the new ones. Oh, you liked one of the new ones better? Yeah? Okay. Uh, how about you, Liam? Did you like this Ahsoka one? Uh, yeah, I really yeah? I liked, I liked it. how cool. she picked other people before herself. Like, because she was going to a ceremony and that was really important for her. Like, she was going to level up. Uh-huh. But instead, she helped people before she leveled up. Yeah, leveled up. Like, like level a, up and, like, rank. Like a, but then, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good one. So we have Beasts of Echo Base, where Leia comes to Chewie's rescue. And that image of Chewie in the embrace of the Wampa so is... Cute. It's really adorable, even though, like, Chewie's super frightened and stuff. And I just that's love what that. makes it even cuter. Yeah, yeah. Chewie's face is like, ugh! <laughs> and then when C-3PO talks to Leia yeah. on her watch wrist thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, And he's, like, shaking yeah. his head. <laughs> that is really funny. Like, shut it off! Shut it off! Yeah, it just, it all reminds me of him with the trash compactor, not wanting to, uh, not wanting to go in, you know. Oh, and, yeah. And Han, like, pushes him in there. Get in there, you big furball. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, so we've seen Chewie like that in the movies. I, I just love seeing him like that again, especially around a Wampa. I mean, Wampas are huge, you know, like Chewie's big, but a Wampa's bigger. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to know how he got there. Like, how did he end up in the embrace of a Wampa as the Wampas? <laughs> like, it almost, it's almost like the Wampa was using him like a, like a Snuggie, like a little teddy bear to go to sleep with you know you know what i mean like he was like oh cute i'm gonna sleep with you you know yeah I and know. I, there's a there's an old um looney tunes cartoon with the abominable snowman right it's like a bigfoot but mm-hmm. in the snow you know white and uh and he would pick up like daffy duck and he'd say i would love and i will love you and i will kiss you and i will hold you and i will keep you safe and he's like this huge monster who's holding Daffy Duck and Daffy's like I don't want to you know obviously it doesn't want to be with him but it reminded Daffy Duck yeah you don't know Looney Tunes anyway it reminded me of that (laughs) older people will get that reference (laughs) so yeah so this is kind of based on a deleted scene in Empire Strikes Back which I'll put up on the website um but there is a scene in a deleted scene of like they have wampas in like behind a door that says like a hazard hazard you know caution door in Echo mm-hmm. Base. So when the Stormtroopers and Vader are storming Echo Base and they're in Echo Base, they actually open up one of those doors and the Wampa reaches out and grabs a Stormtrooper and brings them back into their room. And yeah, and then they close the door and then they move along. They move along. But what happens is 3PO tears off the sign that says warning. Wow. You know, so 3PO's tricking the Stormtroopers, right? Yeah, to try to buy them. Smart, I know, I know, I know. finally. Yeah. I was just about to see that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is kind of funny that they took it out. Because it's like the one moment where 3, 3PO shines and they took it out. But uh, but anyway, we'll, well, I'll put that up on the website and we can watch that later too. That deleted scene. And then the next Why one is the... Why did it get deleted? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff they shoot. They just decided not to put in there. Makes the movie too long or whatever. It just doesn't fit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole scene between Luke and Leia that I'm so glad that they deleted because it's basically Luke saying how when he was so close to death in the Wampa's lair, how he was thinking about how he might never get the chance to say, and then they like start moving closer. Like they're going to kiss like really romantically kiss because this is before Lucas, you know, decided that they were brother and sister, yeah, right? So, they that out. Yes. Very glad. Yes. I would so, watch it though. Yeah, it's it's very cringeworthy. All right, so the next one is the Imposter Inside, where we have Ahsoka and Padme, and uh, this one kind of is really cool. I like how Ahsoka speaks up when she sees something that's wrong. You know, she's not afraid to point it out. You know, like I mm-hmm. there shouldn't be forks on this table. You know. She speaks up, even though she might not be right. You know, she might not be. You know, she might be wrong. She still speaks up. So, uh, so Leland Chi on Twitter said that the Claudite, which is the alien that was posing as one of Padme's handmaidens, right, mm-hmm. is Kato Parasiti, which we see in the Clone Wars. She was. Uh, she helped. Do you remember this? She helped. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Cad Bane steal yeah, a holocron. I she like pretended to be Jocasta New for a while. And, yeah. yeah, it's the same one. Oh my he gosh, her. I love, okay, okay, 
we need to watch those episodes again. Yeah. Those are like like that's like my, one of my favorite arc in all of them. I don't think they're even gonna take it off Netflix. Well, but we should, yeah, we should watch them again. I know. That's but fine. What, why are they, they? Did they say anything like they wouldn't take them off Netflix? No, they didn't. Because I don't think they're going to. Yeah, hopefully they won't. I mean, eventually everything goes off Netflix. Eventually Netflix won't exist. If we wait around long enough. Uh, <laughs> We're not gonna. So, so the uh, and then also Leland Chi said that the utensil averse, so the aliens who don't use utensil, utensils, uh, Arthurian delegates are new. So the Arthurian species doesn't use silverware. I guess we don't know who they are. We've never seen them, but that's not in an alien that we know about. Uh, yeah, so. The only thing with this one, I was pretty surprised that Padme didn't notice beforehand that the Handmaiden was actually Kato Parasiti. Um, she she knows her Handmaidens pretty well, I think. I think she'd know if someone was... But it makes a good story, though. It does, it does. And I'm not going to worry about it too much, you know. <laughs> oh, I love when Ahsoka cut mm. out the bomb and just forced it out the window. That was a pretty cool move, huh? That was so awesome. It was very flashy. Very flashy, very, <laughs> very, very awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, my, my initial thought was, why didn't she just push the whole table out the window? But then there would have been, like, chunks of table falling down on the people below in the street. So, right. So it makes sense. And I, w- I, w- I would have liked if she went like this, and she forced it way up into the air. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, there could have been speeders right outside the There could have the been, but there wasn't. There was. <laughs> I saw well, not super going. close. Not close enough that they got hit, I think. But hey, that's you know that's a that's an argument against Jedi in on Coruscant and argument against Jedi powers, right? They just use their powers and they don't care who gets hurt in the process, right? That's that's a that's, that's a way that that's, uh, Sith, that's a way that, that that's what Sith do. Hey, if it, if it works. So the the stranger is the next episode, and this is the one where we see Jin helping a girl get her Tuka cat back. Yay! Yeah, that's pretty cool. Took place on Gorel, which we see in season two of Rebels a lot. That's where the Rebels base was. That purple planet, Gorel. Um, I like that the girl with the Tuka cat had like a shaved head, you know, and 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 just that she looked looked different, you know, like she looked like someone we haven't seen yet in Star Wars, and I love that, you know. Like, people look different, and Star Wars is reflecting that better than they used to, and mm-hmm. um, they're just scratching the surface. I mean, there's so many different ways people look, and there's so much more they can do. Um, but this is cool, because we see Jin, you know, standing up to the bullies, right? Stormtroopers are bullying someone, and Jin stand, steps up, because she knows that she can help. And Jin... Yeah. ...told that little girl... Yeah. ...that... Who lost her Tuka cat because uh-huh. the Empire stole it? Yep. She said that her name was Jin Ursa. Mm-hmm. She told her what yep. her real name was. Yep, no Liana Holic there. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like I, you said no Liana. Like right. no Liana. No Liana. Ooh, that's a pretty name. It is. No Liana. No Liana. No, I'm saying that she did not say her name was Liana Holic. And actually, so this would be before she got. Hmm. Before she got thrown in the Wolbani prison camp, right? Because we know what happened right. after she got after out. That. So, and I'm still reading through Rebel Rising, but I can say, I don't think it's a spoiler, there's obviously some time between when Saw abandoned her and when she got thrown into the Wolbani prison camp. There's some time there. Oh, yeah. So I'm assuming this is the time. In that in time. In that time. And she is using aliases. She's using names that aren't her own, right? But maybe because this is just a little girl, she just wanted to say her real name. Maybe she just wanted to say it out loud. Maybe she feels like she's being her most Jin Urso-ish when she is helping people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like she is Jin Urso there. When she's maybe stealing food from a street cart or, you know, she's just doing whatever she can do to survive. She doesn't want to say she's Jin Urso because then... You know, then she has to confront that she, that's who she is. She gets to use a different name, and then so she can feel like a different person, right? Names have a lot of meaning that way, you know? Hmm. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's talk about Bounty of Trouble, which is the last, the eighth episode. And this is the one with Leia and Sabine working together oh my. on Garel again. Is this your favorite one, Anna? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. 
<laughs> I love seeing Leia and Sabine. <laughs> it's just awesome. Because yeah. they're like my two, one of my two, two of my favorite characters yeah. in the whole Star Wars. Yeah, wow. I mean, I I like Ray too, but mm-hmm. it would be better if Ray was working with another of my, one of my favorite characters. Well, you're going to get your wish in October, I believe, when these come out. Uh, Ray and Finn will be working together. Yeah. Yeah, there will be a Ray and Finn episode. Yes. From what I've heard. Uh, yeah. You like this one too, Liam? Yeah, I really yeah. like it. Yeah. And and we got to see IG-88 too, I like which is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I love how Leia tricked him. Like, hey, it's the pony under that got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. And then what did what what are the data tapes that she gave Sabine? Uh, the location, imp- loc- imperial base location. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. I, it'd be pretty cool if if we if that kind of played into the next season of Rebels, maybe the fact that they have this location of imperial bases. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Although even when you think about it, uh, they knew where the Sky Strike Academy was in season three. Remember where they go uh, get Wedge and Hobby. Yeah. out so maybe they knew where that was because of these data tapes that leia gave them maybe yeah cool it all connects oh, and i love how love sabine it. says at the end you keep fighting on the inside i'll keep fighting on the outside and leia says i hope one day we can fight together i love those <laughs> lines and as they say them we hear uh sabine's theme the bum bum ba-dum. yeah Love it. Love it, love it, love it. No, still Sabine's theme. Running through my head. So, so far we have three Leia episodes, two Rey episodes, two Ahsoka episodes, one Padme episode, one Sabine episode, and one Jin episode. So, Leia the most, which totally makes sense. Uh, Yeah. So, coming up next... There's more Sabine ones. Oh, there will be. Coming up in October, there's going to be eight more episodes. And we had heard... Like I said, uh, that there's going to be that one with Hera and Han and Leia on Endor. And then also, um, according to IMDb, the next episode that we'll see is called Newest Recruit. And the description says that it is about Sabine Wren brings her Mandalorian friend, Ketsu Onyo, into the Rebellion. Sweet. Oh my gosh, is that the one we see in Rebels? We see Ketsu, yeah. Her friend. But we never quite see how she, like, all of a sudden became, like, a friend of the rebels. We saw that one episode with her in it, and then we saw her again later on where she was helping them, but we didn't really see in between. So hopefully this will connect those dots. So yeah, it's wow, forces of destiny. I mean, overall, what do you guys think? Like it's really cool. Really cool. Like Liam, how do you think it compares to like the Clone Wars micro series? Because this is that's the thing that's the most like this. The Clone Wars cartoon series. Uh, and it's okay to be honest. I think I like Forces of Destiny better. You think you like Forces of Destiny better than, than the Clone Wars animated? What's the Clone Wars microscope? The, the cartoon. The Clone Wars cartoon. Like, it's not canon, but remember that one that we have the DVDs of? Oh, yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Those were good. Yeah, yeah. But these will be so much better when there's more of them because mm, sure. it'll tell like a whole yeah. like story. Yeah, yeah. I like you like Forces of Destiny better. Right? I mean, one so, episode compared to the movie, I would probably like the movie better. Yeah. But if we watch, like, let's say, like, 10 or 15 in a row, mm-hmm. like, right now, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching them all in a row. Oh, yeah. Like, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and and uh, you say movie when you're talking about the, that Clone Wars cartoon, but the way it was originally released on TV was this way. In really? just little, short, like, two-minute segments. And then they, they put it all together on the DVD. Oh. Yeah, at least the first season was. I think the second season they released larger chunks at once, like seven-minute episodes. But still, they were smaller. But yeah, um, I I think um, I like the animation style of, of uh, the Clone Wars cartoon better. I think they put a lot more work into the animation um, in the Clone Wars cartoon. But I'm fine with the animation style here. It's a little, it's very simple, which is fine. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just not quite as fluid as I would like it to be. Um, but it's good. And and uh, oh, I should say that there's a there's a coloring book that uh, Jonah Marie Macias made uh, of each like character, kind of one for each episode at least. I think. Um, 
and it's on uh, the thewookiegunner.com, which is her website. And uh, she does like Rebel Chat podcast and um, some other podcasts. Anyway, she made this coloring book that she drew the characters in the style of the Forces of Destiny. And you can just print out the coloring book and that color pages. Is- so cool. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you like coloring, coloring you can print out her coloring book, color pages. Yeah, sure. And then we can color the pages, and then she said uh, she wants to see what they look like after people color them. So we could even scan in a sheet and email it or tweet it to her. and Yeah, which is really cool. We could do one all together. Yeah, I was thinking I want to do Ahsoka, but on her montrails, instead of blue and white, I want to make it a rainbow pattern. And see what Ahsoka looks like with rainbow montrails. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> anyway, so again? Montreal's are the are oh, her the... kind of leku thing. Um, but the, like at least the... the stuff coming around her head. Yeah. I think the stuff that trails on her back are still called leku. Uh, the Montreal's are more the spiky things on her head. Anyway, cool. uh, so we have a little bit of news, and then I think we're gonna call it a call it an episode. So let's get to the news right now. Uh, so, Ron Howard, the new director of Han Solo, has a question for us, and uh, I'm going to show you kids. His question is, can you guess whose closet this is? And then he has a photo of a few different costumes hanging in a closet. And they're pretty colorful. Um, they're for a character who takes who, who's going to be in Han Solo. Any guesses, kids? I think it's pretty obvious once you think of it. Uh, he also posted on Instagram, in addition to Twitter, a separate angle. And, uh, from this angle, the, uh, costumes look a little bit more like capes than, uh, you know, jackets. Lando. Couldn't you see Lando wearing those? Uh, Only that one. Only that one? one. This purple one right there? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, the blue one. I'm like, that, that's The blue one? Total Lando. Total Lando. Total Lando. So... That's total Lando cape. Anyway, uh, pretty cool. I like seeing these costumes. The nitpicker in me is thinking this is before Rebels, and we saw Lando in Rebels, and he wasn't wearing super flashy clothes. But I'm just going to let that go, because I'm pretty sure this is going to be a cool movie. So, Mm -hmm. uh, And these photos that Ron Howard posted are much better than... The uh, first photo that he posted from the set, which was of a case of bottled water on the floor. <laughs> he said a photo from the set. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see it. I see it. Uh, I'll find it later. It's ridiculous. And then he posted a video from the set. And it was a video of him throwing away his uh, food container in the garbage. <laughs> uh, so at least he's having fun with it. You could tell that he's enjoying himself. That's good. It all feels good. Feels good to me. Uh, okay, so all of our news comes from Twitter today. Um, so this is an older image that Dave Filoni tweeted. I'm showing you kids. I'll put it on the website. I think I showed this to you at the time. I was going back and looking at Dave Filoni's Twitter page. But that was from a long time ago. Well, it wasn't that long ago. June 7th. So over a month ago. Um, so he posted this. He said, it might be my birthday, but here's a gift and perhaps a clarification for you. May the force be with you. So it's an image of older Ahsoka and then a, a little arrow that says, not the wolf. <laughs> so she is not the wolf. And then an image of the owl and the wolf. The, the owl is the, the convert or whatever. And there it says owl. And then it says wolf. And I thought, okay, that doesn't tell me anything. I'm I... moving on. But Anna, no, no, but then I, I thought about it more. It and what did you think? So people think uh-huh. that pe- there's theories yeah. that the wolf uh-huh. that Ezra's riding on yep. is Ahsoka. Right. There's theories uh-huh. that Ahsoka uh-huh. is the owl. Yep. And pointing to Ahsoka, uh-huh. it says not the wolf. Uh-huh. Which implies... It never says not the owl. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I did not catch that the first, like, five times I saw this image. But you're right, of course. It doesn't say not the owl. It only says not the wolf. And this could be Dave Filoni just totally messing with us. Probably is. But, who knows? Alright, so anyway, that I, the reason I was on Dave Filoni's page was not to, to look at this image again, but I just wanted to talk about it really quickly. And uh, the reason was because... 
on July 6th, he posted these images. One is an image, a drawing, of Ahsoka talking to the Bendu. And he says, in an image, because you can't tweet this long, It just occurred to me that I never got to tell you all the story of the time that Bendu met Ahsoka Tano. It was a brief encounter which took place around the end of the episode The Mystery of Chopper Base from Season 2, just before Ahsoka, Kanan, and Ezra left on their fateful mission to Malachor. So that Mystery of Chopper Base is the one with the spiders. And remember at the end we see Ezra laying down looking at the owl circling overhead? And Ahsoka comes to talk to him, right? Yeah. Okay, well at the end of that episode, uh, around the end, so she may have just come from talking to the Bendu, or maybe she goes to talk to the Bendu after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and he says, of their conversation, you might find this dialogue to be the most interesting, which means that the conversation was longer than this, but this is the part that he's showing us. This is the part he's going to tell us. Bendu says, Anna, do you want to be Ahsoka? Sure. Okay. Oh, come on. Well, do you want to, you guys want to take turns being Ahsoka? I'll be the Bendu. Bendu. Oh, I guess. Okay. Bendu, okay. I haven't really worked on my Bendu voice, but I let can me just I, try, to, start try to do Ahsoka. Bendu. Uh, um, let's see. Um, Kanan Jarus. Bendu. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get my voice in the Bendu. Uh, let's see. I'm the one in the middle. Is that pretty good? Yeah, that's pretty you good. You are set on this confrontation, then? I have to know the truth. So be it. But understand this. Much will change as a result of this encounter, including you. Isn't that true of all things that, as time advances? My dear, when I say change, I mean death. So I will die? Will you? I didn't know that. Goodbye then, Ahsoka Tano, former Jedi Knight. Okay, there's some that, stuff there to talk about. Tell me <laughs> yeah, it doesn't tell me anything. So either. there's some interesting things there, I think, though. So he says, I didn't know that you would die. So is she saying, you know, like it was a really interesting way of speaking, I think. So she asks him, Will I die? And he says, Will you? I didn't know that. <laughs> like, you will? Oh, I don't know. Uh, but then he says goodbye, Ahsoka Tano, former Jedi Knight. When was Ahsoka a Jedi Knight? Oh. How was she a Jedi Knight? Is that just a typo? That wouldn't be a typo, Daddy. Probably not. So, hey, Daddy, I've seen a theory that... Let me tell you something. Yeah, yeah. Tell me something. I didn't say that's the only time the Bendu met with Ahsoka. Okay. The Bendu can teach Ahsoka, so can, can teach the Bendu, they can teach other, but the Jedi aren't there to make her a knight. Right, exactly, so exactly. The Bendu couldn't have made her a knight. Uh, Ahsoka Wait, maybe could have. There, there's a theory that during the Battle of Malachor, uh, Ahsoka, I meant Anakin, there's a theory that during the Battle of Mal- Malachor, Anakin knighted Ahsoka. That's the theory, but right. who knows, who knows? It could just be a, a little... Again? Uh, not Malachor, Mandalore. I mean, Mandalore. Sorry, I said Malachor. I meant Mandalore. The Siege of Mandalore during that, because Anakin was fighting with Ahsoka there. Not against Ahsoka, but alongside Ahsoka. Yeah, so so those are a couple of cool things from Dave Filoni. And then finally, uh, getting back to our thug or dog conversation that we were having about Poe. Remember, he says, don't let these thugs scare you. Don't let these dogs scare you. And in mm-hmm. different versions, in the comic version, in the movie version, in the book version, in the uh, in the different movie version, iTunes version, Blu-ray version, right? It's Sometimes it's thugs, sometimes it's dogs. And I was wondering which one it was. And I tweeted to Pablo and I said, which one is it? You know, is, is it one or the other? And I have a feeling that my tweet, along with many other people's tweets, but I... I have a feeling, based on what he's talking about here, that my tweet was one of the ones that caused him to write this. And he said, Against my better judgment, about to start a few tweets about the dreaded C-word, canon. But first, one ground rule. This is just my opinion. Just my own ideas about it. It is not reflective of any company policy. It is not a commandment. It is not a rule, just an observation. Although Pablo Hidalgo is one of the, you know, 
higher ranking members on the story group, meaning he's been there really long. And my thinking is if this is his idea, yeah, it's probably the way they think about it in story group, but you know, he says it's not law. So he says, on occasion when asked about something specific, I'll answer, Canon doesn't split those hairs. What do I mean by that? It means it's a detail that isn't cataloged. It's an increment beneath notice. That means it's not important enough right, to be cataloged, to be canonized. And stuff like that typically means artifacts of the medium. So the medium means, like, is a movie, comic, book? That's the medium, how you're telling the story. And so he's saying that depending on how you're telling the story, things might be different, right? So he says, so I don't see there being such a thing as canon dialogue because a comic, novel, cartoon, live action version of an event will differ. So he's saying there is no such thing as canon dialogue, right? Because it might be different based on who, how the story is being told by who in what so medium. So he's not telling us what it is? Right. He said, it's my way of dodging the who shot first horse carcass. <laughs> so there's a saying, right? Where it's a beating the dead horse. Do you guys know what that saying means? Uh -uh. That means like doing or asking the same thing over and over again, even though you know what result you're going to have beating. It's a horrible analogy beating the dead horse. Uh, but he said, uh, you know, the who shot first horse carcass, meaning like people always ask who shot first Han or Greedo In some versions it's Han and other versions it's Greedo. Um, and he's saying that's, you know, this is his way of not having to answer that question. All that's canon is that two people entered the booth and Greedo died. Reports vary. So depending on what you watch, it's, you know, reports are different. Here's an example of a film artifact. Look how much room is in the Death Star overbridge. This place is huge. And he has a shot of these people all spread out on the Death Star, right? Mm -hmm. So why are these guys standing so close as if they can't get enough of each other? Because they had to fit into the movie frame. So here's, they're all talking and they're super close. They're basically touching. You know, no one talks that close. No one stands that close to each other in real life. You know, this huge bridge and they're all like huddled around close. So he's saying, in my mind, there's no such thing as their canonical distance from one another. It's not canon how far apart they're standing from each other, right? The only fact is that these guys were there and talked. If a comics adaptation wanted to open up this frame and have them stand at normal human distances from each other, go for it. Interesting, huh? Mm hmm So, that's kind of, you know, we talk about canon a lot on this show, and that's just some thoughts about it from Pablo Hidalgo. And, uh, you know, like he said, just his, his thoughts, but, you know, his thoughts are important to Star Wars, so... Uh, and then I think the next day, because he, so many people were talking about these tweets, he said, that's all I was trying to say. There are some things canon doesn't account for, namely the artifacts that come as a result of the medium. So, you know, like people having to stand close because it's a movie, right? So there you go. That was sort of our canon news without being a normal canon news segment. So and I think that's going to do it for episode 76. Uh, Kind of a, uh, we just got back from vacation episode, but, you know, I'm glad that we, uh, that we did it and had a lot of fun talking about Forces of Destiny, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, hopefully we'll be back next week. Anna, you're going to camp next week, so Liam, it might just be you and me, and that's okay. Can't we just record on Sunday morning? Mm, yeah, I don't think we'll have time for that. So, anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 76, Children of the Force, and as always, thank you to those who support us over on patreon.com slash children of the force if you'd like to reach out to us online you can contact us via twitter at force children on facebook we are children of the force our email address is forcechildren at gmail.com i'm not quite sure why i said that but i did and our website is www.childrenoftheforce.com uh, www oh, there you go and head on over to speakpipe.com slash children of the force to leave us a voice that we will almost positively play on the show and finally please leave us a review on iTunes, iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to us doing so will make it easier for more people to find us alright for children of the force I'm Al I'm Al I just um, want to Oh, boy, I'm a nice delight. Wait, wait. And may the force be with you. <laughs>